Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. Did you know that taxes you'll pay in retirement are more important than your investments earn in retirement? Were you aware that your number one expense in retirement is not health care? No. The cost of health care pales in comparison to what you're going to pay in taxes during retirement. Today on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, our host, Jay Barry Watts, tax strategist and retirement expert from the Wealth Care Corporation, helps us understand strategic tax planning, what it is, why so few people do it, and how really simple it can be if you have the right people helping you. Well, Barry, welcome to your show. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm so glad to be welcome <laughs> to my show, Patrice. And I'm glad to have you joining me as well as we talk about paying less taxes now and in retirement. That is our topic for today. All right. So four signs to help you determine if your tax professional is working for you or oh, the IRS. Well, you know, that really is a valid question. And I'll tell you, the guy that I heard first say that was actually a CPA who used to work for the IRS. And now he works on our side, so to speak. And I have heard him say to clients, you know, the guy you got doing your taxes is working for the IRS instead of working for you. So there's four ways to figure that out. And the first of those ways is simply this. Are they proactively bringing you tax strategy ideas? Every once in a while, does the phone ring? And they say, hey, this is Joe, your CPA, your tax guy, whatever they call themselves. And I had an idea to save you some money on some taxes and I wanted to run it by you. Do they do that? Because if they're not bringing you tax strategy ideas, then in my opinion, they're not doing what you need done. What if you bring them some ideas? Well, Maybe you've brought them ideas. Maybe you haven't. Some people do. But here's the real test. When you bring them a tax savings idea, and by the way, if you listen to other episodes of our show, you'll hear tax savings ideas if you want to pull one of those out and take it and fly it by them as a test. When you do that, do they seem to be looking for a reason to say, oh, that won't work? <laughs> or do they look for a reason how they can make it work? You know, one of the things that we often hear tax preparation professionals, we call them tax compliance professionals. That's different than tax strategy professionals. One of the things we hear them say is, oh, well, I, you know, I don't know. That might raise a red flag. That might raise a red flag. And so if your tax person says that kind of thing, and when you bring them an idea, they kind of seem oriented toward that won't work rather than here's how it could work then that might be a sign they're working for the IRS. Are they afraid? Oh, yeah, they're afraid. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in okay. just a moment. All right. Uh, by, their, by their nature, I think they're they're uh, trained to be afraid. Uh, and I think it unnecessarily so. I think, it, I think it's the kind of people who are attracted to that kind of work, actually. They're sort mm. of cautious. Uh, introverts. Uh, the kind of people who, yeah, they, yeah, that's a good explanation. They're introverts. I like that. 
Well, you know, the next question here is, do they meet with you regularly throughout the year? No, no, no. CPA, you only see your CPA in what, January, February? Well, so my question then would be, are they really a CPA? (laughs) <laughs> or are they just a tax preparer? And we'll talk a little more about some of those differences in a moment. But the, the point is, if all this person does for you is fill out your tax forms once a year, they really are a tax compliance professional. They're a tax preparer. And there ought to be a time when you sat down with them and talked to them that is not stressed by the looming deadline of the tax return having to be completed. A time when you can just say, hey, here's the deal. And you can kick ideas back and forth across the table and talk about what might work or what might not work. And so if you're not having those kind of meetings with your CPA, then they're probably working for the IRS. <laughs> what if they say, hey, you're making so much money. You're doing so well. Yeah, you got to pay the taxes. Sorry, there's nothing that can be done. Well, that's lame. <laughs> what do you mean there's nothing can be done? You go tell them. Barry Watts said there's always something that can be done. Now. You may or may not want to do whatever the particular thing is. It may not have enough juice for the squeeze, may not make enough difference, but there's always something that can be done. And so if they say to you, well, it's just you're making a lot of money and, you know, the price of making a lot of money is you got to pay some taxes. You ought to feel good about it. That might be a sign they're working for the IRS. Juice for the squeeze. Where did that come from? Actually, that came to me from Congressman Eric Burleson. <laughs> I was explaining it, something to him one time, and he said to me, so what you're saying is there's not enough juice for the squeeze. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, Barry, not only are you good with words, you're a tax strategist. How is that different from a CPA? Well, it is very different from a CPA, and there are some CPAs who are tax strategists, but they're kind of like, uh, well, just a rare find, we'll say. First, let's talk about what a CPA is. The A in CPA stands for accountant. Accountants are record keepers. They are reporters of what has happened in the past. And if you'll think about how you treat your CPA, what you do is you take your books to them, And they organize your books and they take all the numbers out of your books and they turn them into uh, onto the forms from the IRS, Mm -hmm. put the numbers in the right place. All they're doing is reporting history. Now, CPAs are qualified to do audits. They are certified as public accountants. Now, who needs an audit? Well, your school district could need an audit or your fire district or the local county government or the city could need an audit or Publicly traded companies could need audits. You never need an audit, and you're not going to uh, ever need an audit unless you decide to take your company public. And so the only person who even could audit you really would be the IRS, and that's another topic we'll get to in just a moment. Hmm. But my point is the whole certification process to be a certified public accountant is to position someone to do audits primarily for publicly traded entities. And so a CPA is not maybe even the right person to be doing your taxes. Now, a lot of people who get the CPA credential do it only because they want to do taxes. And they work, you know, a four or five month period of time from about the first of February to April the 15th. And they hope to get it all done by April 15th. And then they go fishing. And I'm not dogging them on that. I think that's a great business model. Nothing wrong with that at all. But my point is, if that's the way they run their business, they're really just tax preparers. Now, CPAs uh, have passed a test, and that test proves 
that they know which forms to use with the IRS and that they're competent in making sure their columns and their rows of numbers all add up like it's supposed to. With a CPA, there's no, oh, it's good enough. It will balance to the penny because they are trained to do that. But a tax strategist is something totally different, Patrice. A tax strategist is by all means not an accountant. <laughs> and I am not an accountant. I don't want to deal with columns of numbers and rows of numbers and make them all balance out to the penny. I'm a big picture kind of guy. And the big picture I'm dealing with is how much taxes are you paying? And if we put some strategies in place, what can we do within the confines of the tax law? to be sure that you pay less taxes. You see, a, a CPA is not looking for opportunities that exist in the tax code, but a tax strategist is looking for opportunities that are in the tax code that you just aren't taking advantage of yet. And so that's a little lesson on the difference between a CPA and a tax strategist. Yeah, but your money all balances out to the penny because Kelly's doing it. Well, my wife does do my money. Yes, she runs the books for our practice and it does balance out to the penny. And we've actually hired a CPA firm to provide her some help and they have messed with her process and she's very oh. upset about that. But that's a, that's another topic. And they're, they're doing fine. Uh, it'll all get worked out, but uh, there's some rough patches in there and I have to deal with some consternation. All right. You are an IRS enrolled agent. I admit when I first learned that I was impressed. I really was. But how is that different? Explain, please, from a CPA. Well, Patrice, I'm just here to impress you. So uh, I'm glad to know that <laughs> that, that, Im that impressed you. So CPAs go to school. They're trained uh, in a very specific function. They're capable of public company accounting. And in all their schooling, they only have one part of one class that's about one hour's worth of class time, uh, three pages in their textbook that talks actually about the tax laws. Hmm. Uh, CPAs, interestingly enough, can only practice in the state where they are licensed. Enrolled agents, and I'm an enrolled agent, can practice anywhere in the United States because enrolled agents get their licensure, their empowerment from the Department of the Treasury, which is the Internal Revenue Service. So the way you become an enrolled agent you're, is you're trained in a program that's approved by the IRS. Only to know tax law, not accounting. We don't do accounting. Now, I get accounting. I understand how accounting works, but I've got a guy in my office who does the accounting work for even our clients. He is a CPA, interestingly enough. And I would say that he and I work really well together because mm -hmm. I'm the guy who has the big picture view of what the tax law looks like. And he's the guy who has all the columns and numbers lined up to make sure it reflects properly. So ultimately, the number that you pay at the end of the year on your tax return is lower than it was before you worked with the two of us as a team together. Now, it might interest you to know that there are actually three people who are qualified to represent you before the Internal Revenue Service. So if you needed defense from the IRS, there are three kinds of defense you can get. You can hire a lawyer. You can hire a CPA or you can hire an enrolled agent. And coincidentally, CPAs often, when tax law issues come up, will defer to the enrolled agents as being the tax specialists. So I'm going to give the CPAs credit for this. The CPA world has done a great job of owning the financial space. So most people think, you know, whatever your CPA says, it's just like it came down on the tablets from the mountain and carved in stone by the finger of God. Well, the real truth is not the CPA knows how to use those tax forms. They know how to handle the accounting, but CPAs 
are not experts at the tax rules. That's what tax strategists do. So that's why they don't do tax planning? Are there other reasons too? Well, it, it is why they don't really do tax planning. They aren't taught to do it in accounting school. And I think by nature, CPAs are kind of boundary keepers. Uh, they're the kind of people who say, well, you know, wherever the edge is, let's stay way back from the edge. Uh -huh. As opposed to, there's a different philosophy here. Think about this. Let's stay within the boundaries. Stay back from the edges is different than let's stay within the boundaries. Imagine yeah. that that you have a one-acre piece of ground, and you're standing right in the middle of that one-acre piece of ground because you've heard it's dangerous to be off of your acre. One of the simple fact is, it, it maybe it is dangerous. There's alligators when you're off the acre. But on the acre, there's no alligators. You can go to the edge of the acre. So you can look across and spit in the eye of the alligator if you wanted to. <laughs> yes. As long as you stay on your acre, you're within the boundaries. And so the way that applies to taxes is we want to stay within the tax rules which exist, within the tax code and the tax law. But there's absolutely no reason that we have to stay in the middle of the acre. We can go to the edge of the acre perfectly well, and there's no reason for us not to do that. Now, when you go to CPA school uh, and get your training, it's all accounting training. And then you go to work for an accounting firm. And there are other CPAs who've worked there longer who kind of become your mentors. And that's where you really learn that business. And if they're not doing tax strategy, guess what? They won't teach their mm -hmm. young mentees how to do tax strategy. But I think there's really another reason why CPAs don't do tax planning, and it's because it's a heck of a lot of work. You know, Patrice, unfortunately, I've picked all the things that are hard. <laughs> it's just kind of the way I've I've done it. And frankly, you know, I've been in the investment financial business for all these years. It'd be a lot easier if I just kept my old line, which was, yeah, you'll have to ask your tax person about that. We don't know anything about it. Instead of choosing to go back and become an expert in that topic, because that was a lot of work and it continues to be a lot of work. Think about this. If you're going to be a neurosurgeon, you've got to not only go to medical school and go to your initial residency, followed by internship or internship and residency, however it all works. And then if you want to be a neurosurgeon, you may have to sign on for another five or six years worth of intensive residency in neurosurgery, in addition to your surgical residency that you've already been through. And that's how you become a competent neurosurgeon. Now, to become competent in tax strategy requires extra years of effort. It's more time to study in a what is really somewhat new field for most CPAs because they're accountants, not tax people. And they've already spent all these years becoming a CPA. And frankly, it's just too hard. I think it's easier to fall back on, oh, oh, I don't know about that. Might raise a red flag. And so CPAs tend to be really cautious and not do tax planning. In fact, the easiest piece of tax planning a person can usually do is what's called a Roth conversion, where you take money from your IRA, move it into your Roth, you pay the taxes now, so that later on when taxes go higher, you've already got the taxes done. Oh, yeah. Well, I've had CPAs tell people, why would you want to do that? Well, look at all these taxes you're going to have to pay. Hey, dude, pull your head out. What's going to happen in 2026? Taxes are going higher. And that's only the first of many steps to come. So I've had CPAs discourage Roth conversions. And that just tells me that they're not looking ahead. They're not planning. They're not strategizing. Instead, they're just trying to maximize the reduction of the tax for this year. They're not thinking about the big 
picture. Mm-hmm. And so if you ask them for tax help, what they'll do is they may give you some sort of a little deduction like, well, you could put money in your retirement plan and get a deduction for that. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> it's not that that's a bad thing. It's a good thing. But, you know, 6000 bucks in your retirement plan probably isn't going to change the scales of the tax that you pay. Or they might even say, well, you could prepay next year's tax expenses this year. Uh, not tax expenses really, but, you know, whatever business expenses you have in your business, you could prepay them for this year and make them deductible. So here's my big message about this, and, and it relates to why CPAs don't do tax planning. Realize that there are there's a boundary. You know, it's an acre, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And the CPA is standing in the middle of the acre. What I want to say to you is push those boundaries. Go out to the edge of the boundaries because anywhere within those boundaries is within the rules and within the law. And it is 100% legitimate to take advantage of every possible deduction, even to create deductions that you qualify for, but maybe you didn't even know about, just so long as you stay within the rules. You keep saying tax planning, tax planning. Give us a definition. What is tax planning specifically? Well, think about this, Patrice. Um, Tax planning is financial defense instead of offense. Now, what is financial offense? Well, it's getting out of bed and going to work in the morning because <laughs> oh, yeah. you're, you're taking it to the man and you're earning money. You're creating the nest egg. Defense is what protects the nest egg. And the cool thing is defense is easier than offense. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had an unproductive day where you went to work and just nothing good happened. In fact, it cost you money to go to work that day. Excuse if you're a business me, owner, oh, certain, yeah. mm-hmm. you understand that exactly. Uh-huh. So, so what defense does is defense just protects the money that you've already made. So if you will use tax strategies you're protecting what's already in the bank, the money you've already made, protecting yourself from having to give that money back to Uncle Sam at the end of the year. So tax planning is financial defense instead of financial offense. And really what it involves is looking through the front windshield instead of in the rearview mirror. You see, what uh, most accountants, tax preparers do is at the end of the year, they look in the rearview mirror and say, well, how'd you do last year? Okay, I'll put all those numbers on the form and send it in. What we're doing is looking ahead and saying, did you know that up ahead, there's a big pothole? It's a tax pothole. And if you hit that tax pothole and it looks like you're going to, it's going to cost you 25%. Mm. Wouldn't it be a good idea to slow down and go around that pothole? That's looking through the front windshield. And that's what tax strategy does. Or I like to say it another way. In the tax code, there's 77,000 pages, by the way, of the Internal Revenue Code. Nobody on the planet has read all 77,000 pages. In those 77,000 pages, there are these big glaring red lights that say, stop, you must pay tax. And then there are these innocent green lights shining (laughs) that just say, except or unless... So red lights flashing, pay tax, green lights saying accept or unless. And so as a tax strategist, my focus is on the green lights, whereas a tax preparer is focused on the red lights looking for every tax you must pay. My job is to know about the taxes you must pay and say, here's a green light, use it against that tax. Here's a green light, use it against that tax. So it ultimately reduces the amount of tax that you have to pay. Got it. So do business owners do a good job of tax planning? Business owners? Absolutely, they do not. And the reason they don't is they don't know to. They don't know really what tax planning looks like. 
so they can't force it to happen. Literally, they are looking for another professional to help them out, and they don't know where to look, so they tend to look to their tax preparation professional mm-hmm. for that. But you got to understand, there's a great difference between tax compliance and tax planning. And most tax preparers are tax compliance oriented, not tax planning strategy oriented. And think about it this way. This this is the proof, the evidence of that. When is the last time that your CPA called you up and brought you a tax savings idea that would save you $2,000? When's the last time that happened? Me? No. Most, Yeah, most people say it never did happen. And I think there's a reason for that. I think it doesn't happen because the CPA or tax preparation person, whoever it is, just didn't do the work. And I think one of the reasons that they don't do that work is they have, and they instill in their clients, people like you, a fear of audit, a fear of audit. And, you know, everybody thinks an audit's a bad thing. I mean, who wants to be audited? That's annoying. And so what the CPA will say is, well, you know, I don't know that might raise a red flag, might raise a red flag. Now think about this for a moment. Remember, I told you that we've got an acre here. And the CPA likes to stand in the middle of the acre, but you're perfectly legitimate to go to the far edges of the acre. Just don't step off where the alligators are. Hmm. Well, the tax code is the acre. And all over the acre is the black letter law of the tax code. As long as you're applying the black letter law of the tax code, the reason we call it black letter law is the tax code's written on white paper with black ink. (laughs) Follow the black letters of the tax code (laughs) and you'll be absolutely fine. Now, this fear of audit thing, let's talk about that for a moment. According to the Wall Street Journal, didn't you used to work for them, Patrice? I did indeed. Well, according to your former employer, the Wall Street Journal, only one half of 1% of returns get audited. That means if you're in a room full of 200 people, one person would be audited. Hmm. Interestingly enough, 35% of the people who do get audited and only one person out of 200 gets audited. 35% of the people who do get audited either get money back (laughs) because they overpaid. That's kind of cool. That was a good audit. Yeah. Or, or they get a result that says no change, no change. Everything was fine. So those are two good outcomes. So ultimately only a little more than half of 1% of the people who do get audited. So only 1% of them get audited and only, well, actually one half of 1% got audited. And then one half of that group, What am I down to? A quarter of a percent here, I think, is how the math works. A quarter of a percent of those people actually wind up having to pay extra tax. So the chances, if you're following the law and you're staying on your acre within the black letters of the tax code, the chance of having to pay extra tax is not very big at all. And if you do have to pay extra tax, well, guess what? Just write a check and pay the tax. But Hmm. we try to be sure that the advice we give to people is such that they won't have to pay extra tax and that an audit is not a very big deal for them. Now, a friend of mine was flying an airplane and he sat down the seat beside uh, a guy and they were doing that small talk thing you do and said, uh, hey, uh, what do you do? Well, I work for the IRS. Oh, really? I'm a tax strategist, my buddy said. (laughs) Well, so you mind if I ask you a question? So he asked the IRS man, he explained to him one of our tax strategies and so what do you think? And the tax strategy, the IRS man said, well, I never heard of that. He said, well, what would you do if you ran into it? He said, well, I'd take it back to the office and ask the other folks if they'd ever heard of it. And if none of them had ever heard of it, then none of them ever said, oh, you can't do that. 
then I'd probably just ignore it and go on my way. Are you kidding? Really? <laughs> uh, I, I got it a little more personally from the horse's mouth. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, great things happen at the urinal. My office used to be located on the same floor as the Internal Revenue Service here in our headquarters in Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> and uh, so I would run into the tax guys all the time. There's one in particular I knew. So Ray and I are taking care of business one day, and I would occasionally pop them with a question of some type. And uh, I will never forget Ray telling me, he said, Barry, here's the deal. If you think it's legitimate, you take the deduction and you make us prove you wrong. Ah. So Ray, Ray, Ray was yes. saying, stay on the acre. Yes. If you think you're on the acre where you belong, you stand on your acre. We may snap at you, but he said, you make us prove that you're not on the acre. And so that gave me a great fortification of courage to say, we're going to do tax strategy work for our clients. All right. So how do you know a strategy is legit? Well, I think there's a couple of ideas, Patrice. Uh, number one, does the tax code overtly allow it? For example, there's a section of the tax code that says you can put a swimming pool in at your home and make it deductible. Now, now, if you don't know about that, then you uh -oh. would say, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. No, the tax code actually allows that. So first question is, does the tax code allow it? Secondly, does the tax code overtly prohibit it? Now, here's a simple little concept. You may have heard of health savings accounts. Well, did you know that if you don't have a high deductible health insurance plan, you're not qualified for a health savings account? So that deduction is absolutely prohibited. But here's the third and the cool part. Is the tax code silent on it? It just doesn't say because that's where the opportunity is. And so we help people develop tax strategies that the tax code may not address in a direct way, but you just show them, here's how that strategy applies with the tax code. Here's how it fits into all those black letters. Here's where the boundaries are, and we're safely within the boundaries. So this is a strategy we can do. And I've got a little advantage because I've got a CPA in my office who is a former IRS uh, revenue agent. He used to go out and collect money from people. And so uh, when I have a strategy that if it's a new one or a new angle on one, I'll go talk to him and I'll say, hey, here's the situation. I'm drawing pictures on the board. Here's what we're going to do. Can I do this? Can I not do this? And uh, I've never had him say, you absolutely cannot do that. Sometimes he'll say, well, why don't you just tweak it a little bit here or there? And we'll do that. Mm -hmm. So the, the point is, there's a lot you can do that you're not being informed of, probably because whoever is handling your tax work probably is a little bit scared and a little bit informed, uninformed, and they don't want to tell you that. So they don't bring it up. And if you bring it up, they just say, well, I don't know. That might raise a red flag. Huh. All right. So and what that could I mean, that could mean, Patrice, that, that your tax preparer is working for the IRS. <laughs> well, what if the IRS determines that I'm not on the acre? I went beyond the boundaries. Well, First of all, you'd have to be audited for the IRS to determine that. And remember, according to the Wall I, Street Journal, only one half of 1% even get audited. Secondly, if you are audited, you have options. You can say, no, I absolutely disagree with you, Mr. IRS man. And you can protest and argue. And this is one thing that our CPA taught me. He said, you know, when I worked for the IRS, we never wanted to be wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. So he said, if there was any question, he said, we didn't pursue it because we didn't want to go spend all that money and time creating this battle only to lose the battle before the IRS or the tax court. And so he said, sometimes we would just back off from it. But as I said earlier, the worst case, worst case, if you get audited, you just pay the 
previously avoided tax and you're once again square with the IRS. So it's not a big deal. They don't hold it against you? No, no. In fact, if you beat them <laughs> once or twice, they might not even come back the next time. So I, I really think people have this great fear of government, and that's appropriate because the government's out of control. But the simple fact is know the rules. And if you don't know the rules, have people working on your behalf who do know the rules. And you stay within the boundaries on that acre, but you pursue everything that's yours within those boundaries. Remember what Ray said, standing at the urinal. Barry, if you think you can take the deduction, you take it and let us prove you wrong. That's the kind of attitude we've got to have. <laughs> All right. Give You're me. imagining too much there, Patrice. Relax. <laughs> I am. Relax. You're out of control. Hey, oh, I know how you ladies are. You all go to the bathroom in groups. Well, we have to. That's where we get all the okay. latest gossip. Well, and that's where we talk tax strategy sometimes. <laughs> Can't say I've ever done that. But anyway, all right. An example. Give me an example. Well, I've got one I really like. I have a client who, on his tax return last year, he made $971,000. Nice. That meant that he is in the top tax bracket. And we created one deduction that he could take that he didn't know he could take that reduced his income by $872,000. That's a lot. <laughs> so now his taxable income is $99,000. And it reduced him from the 37% tax bracket to the 12% tax bracket. How do you like that? Well, I think you earned your keep on that one. I sure as the world did. And that's when I always want to say I should have charged more. <laughs> um, but, so anyway, that's just an example of a case where we were able to help somebody. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want you to think that that was normal. That's a much bigger case than we normally would be able to um, affect for a client. But, you know, if we can save you 10,000 bucks in taxes, that's a pretty big deal. It definitely is. So if someone wants help, how can they get in touch with you? Well, it's pretty easy, Patrice. You know, we got people here answering the phones. We got people here responding to email. And so all you've got to do is call us. And the easiest way to do that is to go to our website, savingyoutaxes.com. And on our website, you'll find phone numbers. You'll find a link where you can send an email. You can dial the office and they'll answer. And if I'm available, which I probably won't be because I'm talking to Patrice or I'm in with a client we're trying to help who has a tax thing, but they'll schedule a time when you and I can talk and we'll discuss whether or not you're in a situation where it sounds like we might be able to help you. And if we can help you, then we will arrange to meet either locally if you're here or wherever you're at in the United States, we will uh, meet by Zoom if that were appropriate. And we'll have the conversation that we need to have to see how we can affect things for you. So the simple way to do that is to dial 417-882-1726. In the 417 area code 882-1726, or you can visit our website at savingyoutaxes.com and find everything that you need. Now, as we bring it to a close today, I want to ask you to do me a favor, if you would, please. If you think today's topic would be helpful to your friends, would you click on the share button and send a link to the people that you care about most? Uh, that share button is found wherever you get your podcast. It'll be inside the app. You can click on this episode. There'll be a button to share. And you send the link of this show to the people that you care about most. You can email it or you can text it to them. And then if you would, also, it'll allow you to post it to social media. 
So that way your friends and family can get the same benefits from listening that you do because they saw what you'd posted on Facebook or Instagram or on Twitter or X or whatever Elon's calling it now. If you do that, I would really appreciate it very much. Until next time, I'm Barry Watts, your host on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, reminding you that as you save for retirement, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. This has been a production of the Wealth Care Corporation, found on the web at savingyoutaxes.com. The concepts discussed are for informational and educational purposes only and should not be implemented without first consulting with your own legal, tax, and investment counsel. This has not been an offer to buy, sell, or invest in securities, and this information is to be taken as educational concepts and not a specific advice for you. The lawyers and regulators like for us to remind you that all investment involves risk and you could lose money. Past performance is never a guarantee of future results. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services are provided by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.